Welcome to another episode of the podcast, guys. And I was uh, I was searching for a guest for today's episode, and I, I I to be honest, I couldn't find anybody. So I might have you know like swapped out shoes, Google Maps with a, a different direction. Wait, wait, this isn't Hollywood. No, bro, what? you're you're on, you're on the second best. You're in Entertainment Avenue now. Okay. Um, I, I, I hope it's not too big of a, a change for you. That's uh, a good pit stop on the way, so... Okay. Well, whilst you're here, I was wondering if I could interview you for my uh, for my podcast that I do right here on the streets. Of course, I'm here for it. Whatever you want to ask, feel free. Alright. So, Shu, I had a question. Could you, uh, firstly tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, yes. So if you don't know me, um, my video game tag is Shu. Uh, first name's Jessica. And I live in Colorado in the United States. And I am a Super Smash Brothers Ultimate professional player. At least in my mind, I'm professional. So, Well, by your title, I hope, uh, I hope that's true. But I think you're a professional as well. I've <laughs> seen you. you. I've seen you play. Oh, yeah. One of the best Zero Suits probably... <laughs> People have said top three in the world, so I'll I'll take that and use their words for me. So, all right, I did have a question. Uh, obviously, when you want to accomplish something, it doesn't always go your way. So, how did you get where you are today? Well, it it really was a funny story. So, the very first tournament I ever learned about was at a uh, sandwich shop, um, and the person who invited me like let's just go here there's a fun little tournament winner gets a free sandwich and i was like oh why not let's give it a try and i went and i won the free sandwich so all right yeah so that was the very first experience i had with any competition um and then i just kind of met people through that found more and more tournaments and just started going almost every week all right did you like vary at any point from from characters because obviously you are a a smash ultimate player meaning that you started around like 2017 2018 i believe it came out uh yeah so i did play um so my first tournament was actually in uh super smash brothers for the wii u um oh. so i did start there and that's where the first tournament happened and um i've kind of gone through all of that game's life cycle and all of smash ultimate's life cycle so swap between a few characters had mario i've had yoshi i've had palu and zero suit has just always kept popping back up as the main character so gotta stick with gotta stick with her all right um i i do have a quick question before i move on to the the bigger bigger storyline real quick of course obviously you know uh since in smash bros it's a big part you know about amiibos right oh yeah yes i do do you own uh some amiibos do I own some amiibos? Well, um, hearing that, from your response, I know I, I have an addiction to the amiibos. I have a whole wall dedicated to just you, all. Amiibos. Yeah, can you so, run us through some uh, some of your amiibos real quick? Oh gosh, if I just start reading, I've got the three yarn Yoshi's. I've got Rob Game and Watch Duck Hunt. I've got Ike, uh, Wario, Pikachu, Olimar. I've got almost the entire Smash Ultimate cast. Ooh. Uh, or Smash uh, Smash forecast. I'm um, still working on the ultimate cast because they're still releasing those. 
Um, I think my favorite ones up here, though, um, I think the yarn Yoshis are obviously my favorites. Uh, I just love the yarn. It's cool. It's something unique. And then I like the Banjo and Kazooie Amiibo. Ooh. So that's probably my favorite Amiibo that I have, um, just because I love Banjo-Kazooie as a kid. So those two together are just kind of my two favorite sets of Amiibos. All right. Yeah, I um I used to collect them with the uh, Wii U, because obviously yeah. I, I was a big Nintendo fan all the way through my life. And I saw the Wii U and I saw the Amiibos and I thought, why like, whoa, that's that's epic. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was in the time where Skylanders and stuff was really, uh, really big. Yes. So I got some of the Mario Amiibos and I got the Kirby Amiibo. And then recently I started getting back into it with the Min Min Amiibo. Oh, okay. Uh, you, do you want me to run you through, uh, you want me to run, run me through your, uh, wait, let me get, do you want me to run you through my Amiibo collection? Yes, I'm curious to see which ones you okay, have. We're, go- we're, go- we're going from left to right. Okay. I have uh, Rosalina, Peach, Wario, okay. Donkey Kong, Bowser, Mario, Luigi, Yoshi, Toad, uh, Isabel, Digby, Kirby, Link, Pac-Man, Min Min, Marth, Steve, Alex, Fox, Inkling, me, Brawler, and me, Cyborg. And then as cards, I got Goldie, Stitches, and Rosie. Nice. Yeah, I don't have Toad, and I don't actually have Min Min yet, so... Ooh. Yeah. It was uh, six bucks over on Amazon when I bought it. Oh, lucky. <laughs> yeah, I was buying a book for school and it says, uh, yo, do you want to you wanna buy Min Min Amiibo for six bucks? And that that's actually what got me back into uh, Amiibo collecting. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, it, it's so cool because it's a nostalgic element of like so many people's childhood. Just seeing all these characters represented, like even just like, outside of genres like snake like metal gear solid yeah. why is there a snake amiibo but it's so cool just to see that as a thing so i love collecting amiibos it's just such a fun uh hobby of mine so. yeah me too yeah i discovered something because i live in the in the netherlands yeah i discovered a, a website which has uh almost like refurbished uh, amiibos secondhand amiibos so it uh, they get in amiibos and they clean it and they see if it's like still in in store condition and they yep. sell it for fifty bucks a piece. I got my oh. Pac Man amiibo and my Me Brawler amiibo for fifteen bucks a piece. Jesus, that's that's very cheap for those amiibos. It, it is cheap for them now. Like when you because I've gotten most of them on release. Yeah. But in terms of like yeah, if you try to go and find like a Pac Man one nowadays, it's it's insane. Yeah. True. Because my uh, one of my friends, I told him about the the site, and he had like the motor motor suit Wario, which is now fifty bucks, I believe. Oh, he got it for fifteen. That's yeah, because that's what most of them are for uh, nowadays. Or to start is fifteen, and then they jump. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's crazy. A shoe. Yeah. Can I ask you something uh, about your daily routines? Mostly, like, how does your how does day in your life look like? Yeah, um, I mean, in general, it's it's pretty typical. I mean, I wake up, I you know do my old you know waking up, take a shower, all that fun stuff. 
Um, but one thing that I think is very unique is I'll go to the gym, I'll work out for like an hour, I'll come home, maybe that's when I take my shower, and then I'll uh, practice video games for like 30 minutes to an hour. So it's always like a, just a continual routine to just kind of keep myself like going um, and active. And it's pretty much a daily practice where I'll work out, take a shower, and then practice some games. Um, doesn't always, isn't always Smash Bros. Um, sometimes it's good just to practice other games for fun. Um, and just having your hands on a controller is amazing. Yeah. Um, for but, instance, like practicing some Mario Kart for an upcoming tournament. Oh, you know, uh, definitely been turning on that Mario Kart recently. So <laughs> kind of excited to see how that goes. Be the first Mario Kart one I've attempted. So that'll be fun. Maybe you're going to be a Mario Kart esporter after this one. Hey, and in uh, Nevada and Vegas, there is a there is an esports tournament every <laughs> week for that. So yeah, well, I talked about uh, the tournament with Kian in the last episode, which yeah. is also because I believe when this episode launches, if there's not any more trouble with the tournament, the tournament should have happened already. Yep. Um. So that that would be good, but yeah. um, obviously Only I cannot ask your opinion about what happened in the tournament yet because for as if now it didn't happen yet well you know what i'm just gonna go ahead and give you the pre uh the pre-guess the prediction uh, whoa the prediction the the i am going to get third damn that, that is my prediction i, I don't very, think, uh... I think there's some really good killers in there yeah but i I have been asking a uh, good friend of mine in Bear how to how to be better at Mario Kart. I've been watching his vods, uh, Damn. just to kind of get some uh, tips and tricks. So I'm hoping they all pay off it in this upcoming tournament. <laughs> you did a lot more preparation than other people did. Obviously, Keen Keen started like uh, a week prior to the original tournament, so like three weeks before this one. Uh, and I've given Keen a lot of tips over the over the times, and and some people in like Keen's chat or in the group said like, oh, that that would be unfair because you give Keen tips on the tournament, but like you're gonna you're not gonna first somebody who's never played. Yeah, no, it's it, and the thing is, there's resources out there. That's something I tell everybody with every esport. Like, yeah, you can go and watch players. Like, that's something cool about Twitch and all that is. You can go watch anybody and try to pick up some stuff from them. So, fair game. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I have a I have a little bit of a more a more serious question. Okay. Does your esporting career sometimes get in the way of your uh, life outside of esporting? Um. Yeah. So a little background for me. Um. I am an educator. I am a teacher. Um, so I teach middle school mathematics, uh, like it would be sixth through eighth grade in the U S. Um, and it's tough to try to balance a full-time career with, uh, practicing in esports, like being one of the top players, having to travel around the States, travel around various countries. It's difficult to do when you have a full-time career in something outside of esports, but I do think that with good planning and good um, time management, you really can manage that sort of balance, but it, it does get in the way. Like there are times where I don't keep my routine of like working out and then I fall out of it for like a month because I just haven't been able to, because work is kicking my butt and kids are 
stressing me out to the max. Yeah. Um, so I would say that like it's it definitely does get in the way. Um, but it's like anything. If you wanted to be the best in a sport, you got to go practice. If you want to be a basketball player, you better be out there practicing your free throws. Um, if you want to be a football star, you better be practicing your dribbling out in the back. So yeah, it's it's like any sort of big endeavor. You really you have to be ready to sacrifice a little bit, and that's okay. Um, it's something that's fun. It's something I enjoy, and as long as I enjoy it. I'm willing to sacrifice for it. If I ever stop enjoying the thrill of competition, I will stop competing and then I'll have time for other things. So. All right. Have you ever uh, felt that, that like feeling of wanting to quit? <laughs> Maybe like once every like four months. <laughs> uh, it's, it's rough because you get those expectations. Um, I can give a good example of a tournament recently where I was flown out and brought out as like a special player and I had my worst performance ever. And I was like, Oh no, yeah. am I falling off? Am I, you know, am I able to keep doing this? Is, am I keeping up with all these young players that are coming out at like 15 and 16? Cause I'm 28 and I'm like, I'm getting old, but yeah. it's, um, it's one of those things where, I take a break. Sometimes I'll take like two weeks off and not play the game. And then I'll miss a little bit of the competition. I'll be like, I want to go back. And so I always just find that itch to compete. And that's what brings me back. Because I really do enjoy the game. Like I'll still play it casually. Yeah. And then every once in a while, I'm like, I just want to compete. I want to beat some people. <laughs> so that that always drives me back in. But it definitely, I can understand whenever somebody's like, I want to quit. It's it's frustrating when you lose and you're struggling and it doesn't feel like you're improving. But you got to kind of keep grinding at the end of the day. It's the best way to really move forward. Yeah. Because I would get that when you play uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate, like outside of competitions, and you play an yeah. online service, isn't it like very boring having to beat like low skill players? Or are they still at your level skill based? Um, so if you look carefully, there are like our discord channels for like different player groups and things like that. So I typically try not to go onto what's called elite smash and just mess around with people. Cause you get a variety of people that are of different skill levels. Sometimes you find a good player. Um, and they, Nintendo does an okay job of skill level matching, but it's not great. Um, but you can go into discord servers and say, Hey, I want some games with people. And as you start learning more and more people and getting to a higher level, um, people invite you into their like special discords and you can just ask people in those places to play with you so that it's not as um, random so that you're kind of selecting who you play with. So not as bad as, hey, I'm going to go join in randomly online and beat people for hours and not drop a stock. All so, right. Yeah. Well, you just um, talked about sacrificing some stuff for your uh, for your esporting career. Yes, I um, do notice that it, obviously it's in a in a smaller form because I don't have like many things to to sacrifice and 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 like keep high. Yeah. But um, now that I restarted doing YouTube and now that I started the podcast, mm -hmm. I it does feel like a a a um 
like something that I have to carry through things like my education. And as of recording this tomorrow at like five, I have a, a job interview. Okay. And um, that's, I, I feel like the free time that I have, because obviously the podcast doesn't take like a lot of time, but making video essays and writing scripts and stuff like doesn't, it, it, it might, I might need to cut it out because it doesn't work. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely like, I always say this with a lot of my friends who are YouTubers and Twitch streamers and pro gamers, like the, no matter what route you end up going to do something you enjoy, you have to kind of give up other things, um, yeah. especially if you want to pursue it at a good level. So it's definitely something manageable though. I mean, if you love it, you'll find your time. That's always what I say. All right. Do you have some advice for, uh, other people who are struggling with balancing things they love and things they have to do? Um, so one of the things that I actually do, and it's, it's taken me a lot of work. Um, it actually took me and working through a therapist to actually kind of create this, but it's like a schedule. So I, I make kind of a checklist of things that I want to do and how much time I want to spend on it. I don't necessarily put like from 12 o'clock to one o'clock, I'm doing this because I can't stick to that schedule, but I do say things like, I want to practice video games for 30 minutes today. I want to work out for 30 minutes today. I want to brush my teeth. And it's just like a checklist of like things and making sure that it's like reasonable, obtainable. Um, in schools, we used to call them smart goals just because that was they they had very specific, measurable, attainable timely and i forget what the last one or the uh oh relatable yeah so there's there's a whole yeah. like acronym for it but i think just kind of setting yourself your own goals is really the biggest key how do you split up your time how do you um decide what's more important for today and it doesn't always have to be the same it can vary maybe today it's all about um you don't have time to practice your games so you're gonna do something else for me it's like keeping my house clean is a requirement in my life so i might have to sacrifice a little bit of my game time to go do dishes and laundry um but or i have to wake up early to do something um but just trying to get to that routine where you stick with it uh i have timers in my phone that go off for various things throughout the day just to kind of remind me like hey have you done this yet um and it's kind of helped me be accountable for myself. So that's kind of my recommendation is making a daily checklist. I always sit down every morning and write down what do I want to do today? And that kind of helps me keep a list in my head of what I want to get done. So. All right. I have some uh, less serious questions now because we have struggled some, uh, some serious, more serious topics. Yeah. Do you also play other like you talked about like playing some other casual games but is smash taking up a lot of your of your gaming time or do you also play other uh other games i would say so i started back in like 2017 uh in terms of competing mm -hmm. i would say the first three years of that time smash was like my primary game i definitely sunk thousands of hours into that game and did not play very many other games on the side. Um, 
after in the last like year though i think i've kind of reached a point with my skill where it's like more of it is just game planning and theory crafting rather than execution so i can um kind of differentiate my time now and play more other games like lately i haven't really played smash bros i've been doing tears of the kingdom because it's such a good game um and i play like sonic frontiers and just kind of going down the rabbit hole of other games um just to kind of just to get a break because i think sometimes you get so caught up in your one game that you forget that there are other games that are enjoyable out there um I know with my mentality, I've thought before that if I'm playing a different game, I'm wasting time practicing. But I finally came to a realization, I'm still pressing buttons on a controller. And in a way, that might help with some theory, crafting, and game planning. Um, so that's kind of where I've ended up at. It definitely costs, um, costing me some enjoyment of video games because I focus on it. But I found some enjoyment. Like I learned to speedrun Mario 64 just because it's a fun game. So I think it's still very important to search for other games that you enjoy and not just sink all of your time into one because that's how you'll get burnt out quickly. Yeah. That's, yeah. I I do uh, uh, have a lot of, like, experience with, with uh, people burning out because of, like, the, the high form of education that I'm doing and yep. and other people, like... A lot of people at my uh, in my classes are like str struggling to balance jobs and hobbies and and sports and school right now. So many things. And now I I don't necessarily do uh, sports in my free time, but I replace that with YouTube and the podcast. Yep. And I I do notice that even. Even people who have everything figured out to people who have nothing figured out get burnt out really quickly because of what they what they want to achieve and what they have to do to, you know, keep their house and keep their stuff. And well, that, yeah. I mean, one of the things that I do is I also play volleyball every week on Wednesday. Um, and it's part of that like planning like i love volleyball it's a sport that i love and i didn't want to give it up for just video games so i made sure i was like okay wednesdays there is a tournament that happens every wednesday for smash bros in my state but i have decided i'm like i'm not going to go to this tournament because i want my volleyball um and you kind of have to you have to weigh your pros and cons it's like yes i could go make maybe 50 bucks 100 dollars just uh you know, play in a quick tournament. Um, or I can go play volleyball with people on a team that I enjoy. So it's, it really is. Sometimes you just have to weigh everything. And I always say it's good to have variety because it keeps you entertained. In terms of just like esports and getting to that point, I think sports, like, like actual, I say actual sports, I think of esports still as a sport, but physical sports i think taught me a lot about like holding yourself accountable about being consistent um giving it your all teamwork and i think a lot of times when i think about where my success in esports comes from it actually kind of is based in traditional sports i did multiple sports in school growing up and i was a very great athlete at the time um one of the top athletes in my school and it was because i had such a hard work ethic 
at the time that that just translated over to video games when I fully dived in there. So I always say, I think there are a lot of correlations when people say, oh, sports and esports, they're different. Yes, they're different, but there's a lot of great skills that translates between both of them. So, yeah. In in my class right now, like I'm almost at the end of the year, and I every every year since I got to uh, the high school that I'm in right now, I had at the end of the year my grades were not good enough to get to the next class, yep. the next grade, and I last minute every year, even right now I'm I'm doing that I'm balancing making the podcast and studying for my test week that's coming up in two weeks yeah. and um every year i barely make it and i go on to the next year and all my friends are like bro start doing what you do now like the entire year and you get straight a's and i'm <laughs> saying i'm saying yeah i could do that but i don't want to do that because these yep. weeks are hell yeah i mean Trying to do, well, and the thing is, is you're kind of doing all the the effort of like a year in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have thought uh, a couple times about like if I, uh, obviously, if I want to like keep my grades up every, every year, I got to do some effort, meaning that I got to drop something. And with a job now also coming in yeah. means that I have to spend less time on one of those things. And school cannot be it, meaning either YouTube or my job is going away. Well, I, and I wouldn't say necessarily that, um, or like, like taking less time. Right. I mean, there is, there is things you can surrender that are a little bit less, um, like it's definitely a little bit rougher, but like sleep, sleep is a good example of one that like, what if you took an hour away from sleep and threw it towards I don't know, schoolwork, right? Yeah. Or like maybe you take, because school is what, five days a week? So you yeah. take 15 to 20 minutes of like right before you would go to sleep normally and say, all right, this 15 to 20 minutes is just going to be whatever schoolwork I can do in that time. Yeah. Uh, just kind of, you know, there are pieces you can always grab. It's definitely tougher with a job and with everything else, like you start adding up, right? Yeah. But you can always grab time from things. And the only concern is, can you sustain it? You know, like, are you going to have a crash at some point? Which for me does happen. I've sacrificed sleep a lot. Um, and then I have like a weekend where I'm like, okay, I'm sleeping all weekend to catch up and feel better. <laughs> yeah. And then do it all again. Um, so I think it's just, you just got to kind of budget it and say, how much time do you want to dedicate and how much time do you need? Like, if you know for your schoolwork, you only need like an hour a week, then just figure out when you want to do that hour and just go in or maybe do 30 minutes at the beginning of the week and 30 minutes at the end of the week to just like do everything. Yeah. Kind of just depends. And obviously like if you have school homework that's due the next day, that's harder to say. Right. But yeah. Um, but I honestly, I think it's a lot of just that willpower, that accountability on time, that scheduling, putting things on calendars. It's, I never valued it as a kid. And in high school, I really, I hated planners. I hated, uh, schedules, but as, as an adult, I've kind of realized they're kind of broken. 
they're kind of really good. Hmm. So um, I would rec I highly recommend trying, even if it's just putting timers on it. Just just try putting some stuff on a schedule, and I think you'll be surprised how much YouTube, how much um, content you're able to actually do when you just dedicate a, a period to it. So yeah. Well, what I was thinking uh, also every year is like going uh, a level of education lower because mm. like at this at this moment, I'm doing like the highest form of education possible in my uh, school system. Okay. And the the availability to go lower is is a lot like I have a lot of opportunities because uh, in my in my uh future my my dream job would be to be a movie director but to have like a, a floor plan would be to have, be a uh, elementary school teacher okay and since i can do that with the education uh, level underneath mine at the moment i am uh thinking about that I most likely won't do it because my, all my friends are here and I, I can still balance it if I, if I put effort into it. Yeah. But the, the question is, do I want to put that effort into it or do I just want to have more free time? Because like from next year on, I have specific classes that I, that I choose and I'm going to be like my school will both most likely or like most likely um, mostly be uh, made up of art classes and um, and like easy maths and, and stuff that I can get done really quickly. Yes. Meaning that I like don't have to put in as much effort that I, as I would now because I'm losing all of my like hard classes. I'm losing science. I'm losing physics. I'm losing German. I'm losing. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think... I, I, it's interesting just because I know that school systems are different uh, between the U United States. And so, like, I the way that it works for me was that I could pick and choose which types of courses I wanted to go advanced with or higher level with. Um, like, if I wanted to do just higher level mathematics but regular level sciences, I could do that. Um, and so... I I usually chose the higher routes for the things I enjoyed, which was mathematics. It was um, lang English language arts, um, but I took I took regular level in sciences and history because I wasn't as interested in those. So, I if you can pick and choose after this year, I'd say fight it out for one more year, get yourself there, and then luckily yeah. YouTube and all that will stay around, right? Like that's not gonna go away. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, you, and so if you fight it out this year and keep yourself at least good for that point, it's always good to have a backup plan and to put yourself in the best position, right? Yeah. I always use school as giving you keys to doors. So the higher level you go, the more keys you get to open more doors. Um, yeah. And the YouTube door is kind of always there. It's It's a key you already have. You already know how to do a podcast. Your your key is already in your hand, and it can you can reopen that door whenever you want. Um, so I would say keep the the strong academic piece going for now, just to keep all those keys 
for any route you want to go with in the future. And that's something I tell people with esports too. It's like keep your keys for your route. I mean, if you're really good at an esport, it's a key. Now it can get worn down over time and not as good, but you can still open the door if you really work at it. So that's a really good metaphor, actually. It's the metaphor I use with all of my students all the time. They're like, why do I care about school? It's too much work. I'm like, do you want the key or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Because I, I always have the opportunity to uh, eventually, in the middle of my next year, go to the the lower uh, lower advanced study right. if, I, if I want to. But if I can actually balance um, my grades and my my school and my my work and my YouTube, that could be amazing. That would be yeah. good. Then that's the thing. Try it, right? Like like you said, you in the middle of the year, if you're like this is this is too much, then then you might have to pick and choose. But at least giving it a try doesn't hurt. Yeah. So. Do you have any more things you want to talk about or things you want to ask me or? Um, I mean, in, in general, I think that like, how long have you been doing YouTube? Uh, I did YouTube for a couple of years. Um, and like, like before I did the Nintendo stuff. Okay. And it took me like, I mean, like three to four years to get the subscribers I had. Uh, like I had about 180 subscribers. Yep. And then I I quit because I did get like bullied for it at bullied for it at school and and it was it was because my cringy content and it was also a little bit uh, I find that out now uh about me making my entire personality uh like hey, I'm the guy who has a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. So that is a little bit my fault. And I, my friends also said like, yeah, it, like in the, in the first year of high school, we didn't really like, sure you were part of the group, but you were like a little bit of the, the, the underdog. Yeah. But, um, now that I, now that my personality is like separate from my YouTube and I can use it as like a conversation topic once in a while, but it's, it's not like I am the YouTuber. Look at me. Uh, yeah. it's, it's going way, it's going way better. Nobody's even paying attention to it. And now that I started making Nintendo content, it's going like even better. Yep. Because, well, that... yeah. yeah, in the, in the last couple of weeks that I made Nintendo content, because I started in, I, I want to say end of April, I've gained 100 subscribers and I have, uh, gained 25,000 views. So that's, yeah, I started with a Tomodachi live video and it, it blew up. It, I believe now at this time it has 12,000 views, which for most YouTubers isn't much. But for a YouTuber who's used to getting 50 views on his Minecraft Let's Play videos, that's I, that's a lot. That's how I felt when I first had the like, multi-thousand person like liked tweet. I was like, <laughs> what is going on right now? Um, but I think what's... What's really interesting that you brought up is how you finally, you figured out how to separate the YouTuber from the person, right? Yeah. 
something I've learned meeting a bunch of the higher, I'm going to say the upper YouTubers in the world, like the the Alpha Rads or the um, Izzybell or the Wait, people who have... You've met those? Yeah. Um, I have a few friends in the in that industry group and they do a, they do events together and it's very clear when you hang out with them that there's two modes to them. They're very clear on when it's the bit time and it's time to get like a fun little clip for the world. And yeah. then when it's just you chilling with them. Um, I had a really good moment with Coney, who is a very pretty well-known Smash commentator, but also a very funny like just personality on YouTube. Yeah. And he was just sitting in a room just playing a game in the corner. And I just went over and we chatted about basketball for like an hour. And his entire personality was so different from his YouTuber personality. But then a fan came up and asked for like a signature, of course. And yeah. he immediately, you could tell, just swapped to YouTuber mode. And yeah. It was a, it's interesting to see how you kind of do have to separate the two because there's there is the enter it's being an entertainer right so like it's not it's hard to be a hundred percent on all the time and so it makes sense to have like that balance of like yeah i do youtube but i'm also a cool just a chill person yeah yeah i uh have that effect not with youtubers but with uh, artists yeah i um i used to work for my uh, dad who has a audio uh, technician company okay and I still go with him sometimes. And uh, he works with a lot of big artists here in the Netherlands. And I like, obviously I talked to them and some of them I've known since I was like a, a little kid. Like I was like five years old and, and I had to, sometimes I, I literally go there and I would, you know, like show them my Switch and I would play Mario Kart with some of the most known artists in the Netherlands. Yeah. And I wouldn't even, like once somebody brought up that artist and I, I would just think, yo, why are we talking about his private life is yep. that's not something for you to discuss. And that would be like a double trade for me because I would actually personally and, you know, privately know that person. Mm -hmm. And that, well, you know, that's. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you. Like, you don't know. I mean, a lot of those YouTubers talk about parasocial stuff, right? Where it's like, thank you for supporting me and you are not my friend, right? Like, yeah. Like, it's there, it's a kind of a, I don't want to say a transaction because that sounds bad, but it's like, it's a gift. I am interested you and you gave me money for it. Thank you. But we are not best friends. <laughs> don't yeah. come into my DM asking when we're hanging out and going to dinner. Yeah. Um, and it's, but then you meet the people and you are, you obviously they have friends somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, it's interesting. Cause I always think people um, don't realize that they're just humans too. Sometimes like even the biggest people, like I'm sure Ludwig and I'm sure like all the Mr. Beast and all those people yeah, still humans at the end of the day. And I'm sure they get excited and frustrated and happy and sad. And they're not always the, the, peppy person on the youtube video you see so i always try to remember that about everybody is that they're humans and that they're just people at the end of the day so yeah that's that's a really good thing also for the listener out there um 
if you if you see a celebrity and that you like you can ask for their autograph if if you know you see them uh on a convention but if you see somebody that you know from online having dinner with uh like a lover or friends or family please don't go up to them and ask them for their autograph it's it's i've had that happen at a ihop before i'm sitting here with just like a breakfast meal with friends and i'm having a great time and all of a sudden this random person comes up and says are you shoe you're like the best player in colorado and i'm like yeah that's me cool it's like can i get a photo and i'm here eating a pancake <laughs> and i'm like i want to eat my pancakes yeah but but it's it's all about time and place, right? Like it it was fine with that person. I was never I wasn't mad about it. It was quick. Yeah, that's whatever. Fair. But it's like I couldn't imagine. I always call myself a G list celebrity, not like an A list. Yeah. Like, oh, if you know me, you know me, kind of thing. But I'm not that well known. Yeah. Um. But it's you know time and place. It's especially at tournaments. Like something I'll tell people. At home, if you ever go to a video game tournament, please don't go asking somebody for a photo or a signing thing right after they lose. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> They're not. Even I promise. <laughs> so. Wait, what did you just, uh, what did you say? I couldn't hear you. Uh, oh, I said uh, if you go to a tournament, uh, don't ask somebody to sign something right after they lose. Yeah. Just cause like. They're not in the mood for that. They're really not. So, yeah. just kind of that social cue stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say like when you when you see a YouTuber or a Twitch streamer in a in an environment in which they are the YouTuber or the Twitch streamer, like they are the act. Sure, you can come up to them and say, "Yo, I like your content. Can I take a picture?" And they can always say no. You know, if if they don't want to take a picture with you, they can also say no. But um, if they are the person outside of YouTube, like when you imagine you see Mr. Beast having dinner with his girlfriend. Yeah. If he if if he's there as Jimmy and not as Mr. Beast. Yeah. Please leave him alone or leave anybody, leave her, leave them, leave anybody alone. It's it's. It's like if you wanted to go to the gym and work out and everybody keeps coming up to you. It's like, no, I, I came here for a purpose. Let me enjoy that yeah. season. Because you're so. not there as the act. Yeah. Sure, if you're just, sure, if you're sitting down and you're not doing anything, you can you can ask. I mean, if it doesn't seem like I'm busy, cool, go ahead. Right? Like Yeah. It's just it's just kind of or start a conversation that's basic. Yeah, just like just like in, in any social setting. When you see someone in a conversation, or you see someone calling, or you see someone being busy, you don't go up to them and just, like, interrupt them, you know? Yeah. That's the same thing with social cues and, and doing whatever you're doing. If you're doing something important, don't don't go interrupt them. It's... it's. Well, give them their space. They're human. Yeah. They like their space, too. Yeah. So, but yeah. A uh, shoe. Yeah, I heard you got a. Uh, I heard you got an uh, appointment in uh, in Hollywood that you really have to go to. So I will yeah. just put your Google Maps back into uh, where it belongs. 
I appreciate it. it. It's been a fun little detour. I, I appreciate the detour. Yeah. I'll, I'll open the door to your limousine real quick. All right. All you right. Can, well, thank you. Yeah, you can get in. <laughs> all right. I all hope right. you uh, I hope you will uh, come back one time if you are interested in that. Yeah, of course. I'm always down to come back, talk about the world. So. And in that time, it will be voluntarily and not by mistake of accidentally misplacing the Google Maps. Where I'm being kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the listeners out there, you can also drive away right now and you can go to your appointment or you can go to sleep or wherever you want to go. And Shu, I hope you, I wish you the rest, uh, I wish you a good rest of your day and I'll see you on the next, uh, I'll see you the next time you'll be here on Entertainment Avenue.